Hey everybody, Owen Flynn here and welcome to the highlight show of episode 17 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast and we've got a really incredible and enjoyable interview coming up with John Kelly, a real ambassador of trail running um, globally in across the world in, in the US and of course in Europe now as well where he lives in Bristol. He's a chorus ambassador too so, so a big thank you to Chorus for organising the interview for us and I'm sure you're going to be inspired and be motivated as you listen to John talk about some of his incredible achievements while balancing it all with a full-time job, a new startup company. He's a family man. He's a dad of four kids as well. So it was a real pleasure talking to John. And before we do, just a thank you again to our show podcast sponsor, Chorus, who have an incredible range of watches and, and I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't believe in the product as well. So it's great that they're supporting us. And this week, actually, Chorus announced a new partnership with Jogging Buddy and the mental health charity Sport in Mind. Jogging Buddy, if you're not aware of it, it's a free web platform that helps walkers, joggers and runners meet up to exercise, to, to meet new people, to make friends as you run. And it's very clever. If you go to the Jogging Buddy website and type in, say, for example, Clonsilla. Blanchestown, anywhere you might live, um, you'll, a list of people who live close to you will come up and that might be available maybe to run or support you with your training. So it's very clever. And the announcement also includes a 2021 charity partner, Sport in Mind, which aims to use sport and physical activity to improve the lives of people experiencing mental health problems. So it's powered by Chorus and utilizing the Jogging Buddy platform the aim of the partnership is designed to encourage more people to get active to make friends and to socialize while they're training while also of course using the mental health charity sport in mind it's a great partnership and it sees chorus taking an increasingly active approach in issues around mental health in sport and as a, a medical doctor of a friend of mine said to me over the last um, couple of weeks he said listen Owen, if you can get out and run three four times a week for say 40 45 minutes it is the best medicine possible so um enjoy your running everybody enjoy the interview with john and we'll talk to you again soon For our feature interview this week, we're very lucky to have a living legend of the sport of trail and ultra running. Somebody who has made an incredible name for himself over the last couple of years with some amazing, amazing achievements. John Kelly is with us this week. John recently became a global ambassador for Chorus as well. So a big thank you to Chorus for getting us in touch with John and for organizing the interview. This summer, John became the first person to complete the grand round, the UK's big three fell running rounds, the Paddy Buckley in Wales, the Bob Graham in England and the Charlie Ramsey in the Scottish Highlands. He did them all in the one go and he didn't travel by car or he didn't travel by bus or train or plane between each round. He cycled between each round and completed them all in incredible, in an incredible time with some fantastic help, it has to be said as well, from the trail running 
Hispanic communities in the UK. He was also the Barclay Marathon 2017 winner, becoming just the 15th person in the race history of 30 years to do so. He broke the 31-year-old record on the Penny Way. He was the 2020 Spine winner in 87 hours and 53 minutes. And he also holds the Guinness World Record for the fastest marathon dressed as a video game character in the 2016 Boston Marathon. So a big thank you to Course for organising this. And without further ado, let's dial in the incredible John Kelly. John Kelly, you're very welcome to the Trail Running Ireland podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to chat. And John, you're close by. You're you're over in Bristol at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been here a, a bit over a year and a half now. Um, but, you know, of course, half that time spent locked in my house with, uh, with COVID-19. Well, a slightly bad timing, but listen, hopefully um, the end is near for, for everybody, both on, on this side of the Atlantic and, um, and across the Atlantic for the guys in the US as well. But John, I, I might start off by saying that just in the intro to the interview, I went down through your list of achievements and it's incredible. But you must be an extremely busy person and it must be extremely difficult maybe to prepare for all these um, incredible endurance achievements. You're the father of a, of a young family, four children now, and congratulations on, on the new baby. Has the new baby arrived, John? Yeah, she's uh, about almost two months old now. So she's she's doing quite well. She's, you know, she... She gets angry and cries when she's hungry, and once once she's fed, she's quite happy and content. And you know that's that's about the best you can ask for in a newborn. So I mean, a father of four, a chief technology officer of a new ambitious startup company that's just opened up the, the new offices in in Bristol there over the last twelve months, and this incredible elite ultra athlete. So. How do you to fit all that in, John, and not get stressed about it? I mean, three, you've got three core areas there, if you like. So, and I imagine with the technical background and academic background that you have, there must be some serious advanced scheduling and project management employed in making sure you do a good job in all of those three things. Yeah, so I mean, definitely uh, get, keeping a, a good diary and, and being sure I've I've got everything scheduled out and, and planned, and uh, you know, my, my wife is aware of my, my schedule and plans, and uh, keeping that track of everything is, is quite important. But but also just being able to to focus on those three key things: the the run, the, the family, and and the job and the running. Uh, and uh, cut out the rest of the noise and to really be able to, to focus on and be intentional with my time when I'm in each of those three things, when I'm, when I'm with my family, truly be with my family and be making that quality time when I'm, when I'm at, on the job, uh, focusing on that. And, and when I'm out running, uh, being able to, to kind of, uh, cut myself mentally free from the, the stress of the, the, the everyday life. And, and really that's one of the, the big pieces of value uh, that, that I get from running is, is having that bit of, of disconnect and, and time to mentally relax. 
Yeah, and they're great tips. And, and I've heard you be saying before with your own training that despite the fact that, you know, some of your greatest achievements can be over 90 hour long races or over numerous days, the, the Barclay Marathon, of course, that your week to week normal training during the year, you, you're not out there for hours and hours every day. You know, I think you might only do 60 to 70 miles on a normal standard week, maybe jogging in and out of work when you could yeah. jog in and out of work. Yeah. So uh, back back when uh, commuting to the office was still a thing, um, really for about the past five years, uh, almost all of my weekday miles uh, were as my commute to work, either running or, or cycling. Uh, and, you know, now that the commuting isn't a thing, uh, I, I, I'm still trying to, to multitask where I can. And, and my son loves riding his bike now. And, uh, I, I get him to school, uh, each morning running him there as he bikes along next to me. And then I run home and I, I walk our, our twins to preschool. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so being able to, to take that time that I, I otherwise might be sitting in a car or on a bus or on a train or whatnot, uh, and, and getting my, my run in, I, I like to think of that as, uh, you know, free bonus time that, that I'm getting, uh, to do the run. Yeah. And I think I can see how important that those relationships with your kids are and with your wife is. In the build-up to one of your big adventures, John, do the family still play an important role or do you cocoon yourself from, from work, from the family? And, you know, is there a 24, 48-hour window where you just focus on the Barclay or the Grand Round or, or the Spine or whatever it might be? Yeah, so I, I definitely... I, I try my best. It doesn't always happen, but I, I try my best to kind of clear my plate as sort of as far as work goes uh, leading into one of these things and to, to be able to check all the big items off of my task list and get everything out of sight and, and out of mind and, and go into the, the event with a, a, a clean conscious and, and no extra uh, stresses weighing on my mind. Uh, and, and then uh, with family, I, I try to, to get some uh, quality time in leading up to it where that kind of has the, the, the inverse effect I'm, rather than trying to uh, cut myself free of, of work stress. I'm trying to build a nice reservoir of uh, energy and, and family quality time that I can pull from uh, when I'm out there. But then going into it, I, I, I try to have all my, my planning and, and preparation done uh, well in advance so that the, the 24 hours beforehand, I, I can uh, relax, try to get some rest, try to get some good uh, sleep and, you know, kick back and do some mind numbing Netflix watching of some sort, which yeah. is normally an, an episode of Star Trek and as little TV as I watch and as many episodes of that as there are, I've, I've been doing that for like five years and I'm, 
uh, I still don't think I'm halfway through. Are you a big Star Wars fan like me? Are you enjoying The Mandalorian, the new season? No, I, I, I haven't haven't even gotten to that yet, but I'll, I'll get there. And, and you know, I, I enjoy watching shows after they've already had their full run and yeah. completed so that I, I don't have to be left with any between-season uh, cliffhangers. Yeah, no, no, very good. Um, the, the next thing I was going to ask you, John, was just to, so that the Irish listeners can just to get to know a little about you and, and where you come from and what made you into this incredible endurance athlete. And, and you're from Tennessee in the US. And maybe could you tell us about your, your upbringing there, your, your surroundings, your family? And I suppose what I'm looking to try and find out is, was it nature or nurture? all these incredible gifts that you have were you born with incredible biomechanics and an incredible aerobic system or was it a result of an exposure to to mountains and trails and and cycling races and triathlons and everything else well, I, I think uh, as as it usually does with that question uh, it, it comes down to a, to a bit of both uh, I, I think that I have genetically been blessed with some unique physiological gifts that allow me to do these things. Um, I, I, to be honest, I, I still don't know precisely what they are. It's not like I have a Killian Jornet VO2 max or, or anything of, of that nature. It's uh, there, there are a lot of uh, combinations of uh, things that have to go into ultras, which is, is one thing I, I love so much about it. Uh, the, the part that is, is more likely uh, nurture um, well, is the training, of course, uh, which is, has been a huge part of, of progressing over the past five years. But as far as from when I was a, a child and growing up, uh, I, I think that that's where a lot of the mindset comes from. And the mindset is incredibly important uh, in ultras. And I think that's one reason that relatively speaking i'm much better at them than i than i am at shorter races like 5ks i always have been uh and i i come from a background with uh a lot of hardworking, uh determined and and persistent people who uh did what it took uh to to get the job done uh to to make it in life and also people that, that had a, a profound intellectual curiosity and truly got enjoyment over, uh, out of overcoming challenges and, and solving complex problems. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I come from a rural area that my, my family has been there for, for 200 years uh, since originally coming over from Ireland, actually. Uh, and, and so this, this was an area that uh, definitely saw some hard times, uh, especially during the depression and, and people did what they, they had to, to make it. And my, my grandfather there uh, graduated from eighth grade and then went and worked in the coal mines and as a prison guard. Uh, my, my grandfather on my other side of the family uh, got a, a PhD in nuclear physics from, from MIT. Uh, and, and so it's, it's quite... Uh, uh, opposites there and I'm equally proud of, of both of those things and I, I think that it's those unique that unique combination and those kind of 
conflicting backgrounds that has uh, allowed me to to progress and, and to, to have this mindset of uh, seeking out these challenges and then doing what it takes to, to overcome them. Are your parents, John, and are your grandfather still alive? How many members of your family are still there? Uh, the, my my grandfathers are are not uh, still there. My my grandmothers are, are still alive, um, and yeah, my my parents and uh, uncle and, and aunt and, and cousins uh, still live uh, there on on the farm, and uh, you know where where they've been, where my family has been since uh, I think 1814, and it's wow. it's actually it's right across the street. Uh, from where the Barclay Marathons takes place, which was yeah. was one thing that was quite unique and, and motivating for me uh, for for that race. Sure, and the reason I ask is because what do they think, John, of what you've gone on to achieve? I imagine they must be immensely proud. And uh, I don't know, are they are they big sports fans themselves? Yeah, uh, you know. No, they're they're not runners, um, but they they have uh, they're, they're very proud of, of what I've been able to do, uh, and uh, again that's that's something that I take great pride in is is being able to to represent that small community that I come from, not only at Barclay, uh, but beyond, and uh, you know that they should take pride and and knowing that as far as that nurture goes. They were a big part of, of what I've been able to achieve, whether uh, intentionally or accidentally, where, you know, I, I mentioned my cousins and I, I think a, a big part of me uh, taking on challenges and uh, to be honest, for some things having an, all right, I'll show you kind of attitude uh, is I spent a large part of my childhood uh, chasing around my my older cousins and my older brother, uh, who average, uh, five years older than me. Uh, mm. and, and so I was, I was always the one kind of chasing to, to, to keep up and, and trying to, to show people that uh, I could do things that they didn't think I could. And I saw a lovely um, video clip on YouTube during the week where I think you were back home at the start of the year when, when Barclay was due to take place and a local TV news crew came out to do a feature on you and you, you did your own version of the Barclay Marathon with the flags of the participants and their countries who couldn't make it because of COVID restrictions. And I just thought that that was really nice. And, and I'm just wondering, like, did the local TV crew and do your neighbors there, do they realize um, what you've gone on to achieve? I mean, if you were a footballer or a basketballer, you know, you'd be a global superstar. And I just wonder, are they conscious of the respect that you have amongst the, the ultra running community? Uh, they, they do cover it. And, you know, again, it's, as you mentioned, it's, it's not a sport that a lot of people are uh, all that familiar with. And I think as far as these things go, I, I mean, to be honest for, uh, the normal community uh, of people, uh, once you go past an, a marathon and, and past a certain threshold, it, it kind of, uh, it, it all blends together in, in terms of, of people don't really understand or, or comprehend uh, 
the, the scale uh, of things uh, as you move past that. And, and that's, that's fine, but you know, you, you don't have to understand to, uh, to, to take pride in that and to, uh, I hope, uh, seek whatever, uh, use that as motivation to, to seek whatever your own personal challenges are. And it's, uh, you know, those might be challenges that, that I don't understand myself because I'm, I'm spending all of my time running. Yeah. And speaking of all those challenges, John, I mean, I'd love to go into the detail of each one of them. But as we you know, said, we try and keep the interview to, to 40, 45 minutes or so. I might just ask you if you can to choose which one you're most proud of. I mean, I, I think that would still have to go back to Barclay. Uh, that that was my one that uh, really first kind of made me realize that I was capable of um, the, the extraordinary things, and and, and I, I mean that in its literal sense of of beyond ordinary uh, things, and set me on a path where I had the motivation and the belief in myself to pursue these things that I, otherwise I, I frankly would have never considered or, or never even imagined. Uh, and, and then on top of that, again, with the connection to the local community uh, and, and being able to do that there is, is kind of the, the hometown kid uh, conquering yeah. this, this impossible race really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I can imagine. And and you went to some some depths um, of suffering and pain and to, to get through those, I think, wasn't it five laps, I think, that you did. And of course, one of only 15 people to do it. And then I, I was reading that, I think, was it the last time that you went? You, you didn't finish it because you knew what was involved in actually finishing it and you just didn't want to go there again um but then recently i've heard you say that now yeah you're ready to maybe give it a, a another shot maybe could you talk us through that that mental journey of the, the elation of completing it to going back again and saying no i'm just uh, i'm not up for it this time but actually i want to go back and do it again now I'm sure it's a roller coaster of emotions, thinking about it and going through it. Yeah, absolutely. And when I did um, decide to, to quit in, in 2019, uh, like you said, I, I was in the lead in the race. I, I was doing well. Uh, I wasn't yet feeling all that horrible, but I just I realized, uh, and I was I was cursed with the knowledge of knowing what loops four and loops five take. Uh, you know, I, I had the benefit in my early years of Barkley, I had the benefit of naivety, uh, of blissful ignorance, of, of not realizing uh, what loops in four and, and five really entailed and, and what I would have to go through uh, to get past them. In 2019, I, I knew, and, and uh, I realized at that point in the race after two loops that I, I didn't have that in me this year. I, I didn't have the motivation and the fire uh, to get through that. And so, uh, you know, I had just recently done my first ever 200 miler. I was moving with my family to the UK that very week uh, and had a lot of, of 
plans for the year. And, and so I, I decided it was best to uh, not not put myself through a, an extremely draining and ultimately futile uh, endeavor by, by continuing on. And I I promised myself and, and, and others at, at that point that if I did go back, that I, I would be sure uh, that, that I did have that motivation, that, that I, I had that fire again. Uh, and and that is something that I, I can confidently say uh, is back. I, I don't want my relationship with Barkley uh, to end on on that note. Uh, yeah. And I, I really, you know, I, I'd love to join the uh, exclusive club of, of multi-time finishers, which right now consists of, of Jared Campbell and, and Brett Mounty. And when you're planning for something like that, John, maybe going back to it, are you like the rest of us runners that if we put an objective, um, whether it's a, it's a local race or an international race, whatever it might be, that not a day goes by where we don't think about it <laughs> and we're, we're wondering how can we get the, get the most out of the next 24 hours to prepare, to prepare for this objective in four months' time. And it's constantly on our mind. So are you, are you like that as well, where not a day will go by where you're not planning for that attack in three or four months' time? Or, or are you just happy going with the flow, training easily, and when the moment arrives, the moment arrives, and then you'll deal with it. How do you how do you approach it? I mean, you definitely have to plan out things uh, as as best as you can in, in terms of the obstacles uh, you might face and the challenge of what you need to do to prepare, both physically and, and mentally and logistically. Uh, and and you have to to keep those things in mind uh, as as your training as as motivation uh, but but once you kind of have those goals set uh, you you have that checklist of, of here are the things that I need to do to prepare then then it does for me at least become more about the process of, of getting to that point and uh, you know determining how far along that path I am uh, to see myself progress and to see myself get closer to, to that spot that I'm ready. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's quite important to uh, enjoy that journey uh, rather than just focusing on the end point and, and constantly kind of fretting uh, about whether I'm there or not. Yeah, it is. The, the journey is so important, isn't it? And it's something I've tried to, to learn and implement in my own training as much as I can over the last couple of years, especially I think as we got older as well. It's so important to enjoy um, every day while we're running because you just never know what's around the corner and what injury you might pick up where, you know, your running career might be in a bit of danger. And maybe that's what I might ask you next, John, is that how do you stay fit and healthy? in the lead up to these adventures and then post what's well, right during these adventures and after these adventures, because the, the, the hardship that your body and legs have gone through. I, I saw some of the footage of the, the grand round as well. And I mean, you were limping and, and hobbling for, for so many miles of that. It must've been excruciating pain. So how do you stay healthy and fit? So that, that is a, a very important uh, piece of ultra running. And, and it is something where 
I, I want to have longevity in this sport. I, I want to be able to continue enjoying these challenges. And, and you see uh, all too often in, in ultra running, people kind of uh, shoot up to a, a high level of performance and, and then quickly burn out uh, and, and fade away. And so I, I think keeping training uh, at a reasonable volume is important. And not only that, but uh, keeping mental, uh, overall mental and, and life stress at, at a reasonable, reasonable volume. I think that's what a, a lot of people don't, don't realize. And, and what it took me a while to realize is, is that life stresses add up. The, the stress we put on our body from training, uh, is, is, is not, uh, siloed uh, from from the rest of life and so we have to consider uh you know where we are in life if if we're getting proper sleep if we're taking care of our body if if we're in a phase where we're not able to do that then our our training load might need to decrease a, a bit to uh to factor that in and another important thing is is learning to to listen to our own bodies and uh, not only in, in terms of uh, what kind of training we're able to take of, you know, figuring out when our body is telling it it's, it's fatigued or it's starting to get overtrained and, and we need to, to back off and, and take a bit of a rest and recover, but also in, in terms of uh, pain and, and the injuries that all of us uh, experience, especially during races. And there, there are pains that, you know, they're, they're bad and uh, that they hurt, but you can push through them and you can keep going and you're not going to do any long-term damage. You're not going to come out of it with an injury. It, it just hurts. Uh, but then there are also pains that, you know, you've, you've got to you've got to pay attention. You, you, you can't push through them or you shouldn't push through them. Uh, and, and if you try to, you, you could end up with so, something that, you know, not only hurts your ability to continue running, but, but could impact your, your actual overall health, which is, is something that I, uh, is extremely important to me in, in, in avoiding that and being able to, to live a, a long, healthy, happy life with, with my kids and eventually my, my grandkids and, and, um, you know, being there for that and, and being able to stay active for that. Yeah. Is there anything extra that you do, John, apart from the, the natural endorphins that running gives us, um, I don't know, things like med meditation or any specific diet tips, or you, you mentioned sleep as well. What, what are your, you know, your top two or three things that you feel help you, remain stress-free and, and injury-free? Uh, so I, I would say, again, thinking about uh, overall life stresses and using that to uh, determine training load of, of backing off when necessary and, and listening to your body and, and to your mind and not uh, over overburdening it. Uh, diet, I, you know, I... I think it's it's very important to to get the nutrients we need uh, for training and and for any endurance sport, whatever sort of uh, 
I, I have an, an indiscriminate diet. I, I don't follow anything where I, I exclude any particular foods. I, I have food that foods that I try to do in, in moderation for, for one reason or another, whether it's for, for health or, or ethical uh, considerations. Uh, but I don't follow a restrictive diet. I, I follow one where I want to be sure that I'm, I'm getting the calories and I'm getting the nutrients that my body needs to support uh, the level of training and, and stress uh, that I'm, I'm putting on myself. And then the, the last thing I would say kind of goes back to the beginning of this uh, conversation where being able to uh, compartmentalize things. And, you know, when I'm focused on a work problem or I'm focused on one stress of not letting myself get distracted by all of the others. And when I'm out there running, being able to focus on the running and, and not letting myself get distracted by other things so that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm facing one of these stresses at a time and, and never trying to deal with all of them at once. Yeah. Yeah, it's good advice. And I'm sure all of those tips and um, philosophies on life helped you to get through the grand round back in August, John. And I watched the, the new documentary last night that was just released on YouTube. And it was a brilliant piece of work. And, you know, it, it makes the viewer, you know, feel like that they were there with you, especially, especially on some of the ridges when, when the camera is just behind you. For anybody, maybe John, that isn't um, that hasn't seen uh, what you did there, could you give us a quick summary of what it was? And and we maybe we won't go into the detail of the adventure because I want to I want to invite people to go and watch it to see what you went through. But maybe if you could just set the scene of what of what you were hoping to do in the grand round. Yeah. So this is is something that I. I came up with myself when I found out I was moving to the UK that uh, gave me an opportunity to really have a, a grand adventure and combine some of the things I'm passionate about and uh, explore a, a wide swath of uh, my, my new country at the same time. Uh, and well, the, the, the country that I'm, I'm, I'm living in. Uh, and so it, it takes the UK's three classic uh, big grounds, uh, the, the Paddy Buckley in Wales, the Bob Graham in the Lakes, and the Charlie Ramsey round in Scotland. Uh, and uh, the goal was to, to do them all uh, back to back to back and ride my bike in between. So uh, in, in total, it it, it comprised about 185 miles of running, uh, about uh, 100,000 feet of elevation gain, and about 400 miles of biking, which uh, my, my original goal was to do each section in 24 hours and um, complete the full thing in, in five days. I, I made it all the way to the final round and, uh, you, you know, got the, the worst of I uh, felt the onset of fatigue at that point and got hit by a named storm and, and ended up coming in a bit over 24 hours and a bit over my five-day total goal uh, for that. But it was uh, quite the exciting adventure and, uh, you know, in, in my mind, uh, despite technically failing, a, a big success as far as what I set out to do. 
absolutely it was a superb success and one thing that that really stood out for me John when you were doing when I was watching it last night watching you complete it was the help that you got from the trail running community and the cycling community as well and they all came out and supported you and I just thought it was a great representation of the family spirit that we have in trail and mountain running. You must have been very, very proud of the human race um, during those couple of days. They get so much brilliant support. Yeah, it was it was really incredible. Uh, just the amount of support I had, not only this year, but I, I first attempted this last year uh, and I, I came up yeah. a bit short. Uh, and, and on both of those, I uh, just had an, an incredible out, outpouring of support uh, that, like you said, is, is an amazing uh, community and something that I, I think makes these types of things really a, a community achievement. There's no possible way that I could have made it through this uh, without those those people and especially on the final round where where again i i was my body was just completely drained at that point we were out there in absolutely horrendous weather uh and just had an all-star group of scottish hill runners around me that that were there to uh ensure my safety and that helped helped get me around uh the rest of that round to to the finish yeah. And as you're approaching the finish, John, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, I mean, the body must have felt 10 in terms of pain. What's keeping you going over the last couple of hours? Is it just that finish line? Is it thoughts of sporting heroes from the past? Is it thoughts of your family? Or are you actually just in the zone where you're just not thinking of anything and just step by step, foot by foot? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well constantly focused on the, the next objective on any of these things. I, I break them up into manageable chunks, uh, uh, chunks that my mind and my body can actually comprehend. If you step to the starting line for any of these things and you're thinking about the finish, it, you will very quickly become overwhelmed. Uh, so for any of those, I'm, I'm thinking about the next climb or the next descent or the next checkpoint and, and getting to that. Uh, and, and once I do that, then I, I can shift my focus forward. Uh, and, and especially when I have a goal in mind and I've planned out a schedule, I know that if I get to each of those objectives on schedule, then I'm going to do fine. And I don't have to think about the ultimate finish. But it, yeah, it's it's something that that towards the end of that, especially after I slipped uh, past my schedule, um, I'm thinking about what all went into this and, and my why and uh, what truly motivated me to get out there and seek this goal in the first place, as well as what we just mentioned, all the people out there that that came out to support me. Uh, I was not about to uh, let their efforts be in vain. Uh, on on doing that so that that got me around to that final peak uh up on ben nevis and, and you know from there i still had the descent to the finish and at that point i, I think i was uh, <laughs> i just wanted to get there so that i could get a shower and eat a proper meal and get in bed but yeah. for, for me the the true 
the true achievement um, and that sense of accomplishment came on top of Ben Nevis with, with the final summit. Yeah. And John, it would be a miss of me not to ask, can we tempt you over to Ireland to attempt any of the rounds in Ireland? Um, the, the Wicklow round, for example, we've had some of the guys on the podcast over the last couple of months that have done it and have broken records on it. Paddy O'Leary and Gavin Byrne, who has the, the 15 hours and four minute record. And Paul O'Callaghan was on a while back as well, who did the back to back Wicklow round. 26 summits of the Wicklow Mountains just outside Dublin. Would you be interested in all in, in coming across maybe in the new year when things are, are back to normal, hopefully? Yeah, I, I definitely want to get over to Ireland when, when I can. Uh, it's, it's something that we had in our plans uh, th- this year. And of course, uh, things didn't exactly work out with being able to, to travel this year. Uh, so whenever that's a possibility again, I, I would love to get a, over to uh, ex- explore some of those places, some of those runs and, uh, you know, the, the country itself, especially with my my heritage and my, my family history there. Do you have Irish family? Well, uh, obviously, with with the last name Kelly, um, yeah, yeah. you know, have have Irish lineage there. But that side of the family, Again, they, they, they moved to the U.S. Uh, at the beginning of the 19th century. So we've kind of lost track of where exactly in Ireland they came from. And, and again, especially with a name like Kelly that is all over the place in Ireland, uh, we're not sure exactly uh, on that side. But I do also have uh, Irish ancestry on my mom's side, which goes back just, uh, I think, only three generations uh, and we do know that they they come from Ballyfin. Okay, okay. Well, of course, your your new president um, is very proud of his Irish um, heritage, John, as well. So maybe when President Biden comes over, you, you could try and get an invitation um, to to his trip over. And it'd be great to have the two of you at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that would be great. You know, it's, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to someone else to try to set that up there. <laughs> Yeah, and do I mean, and don't be afraid to reach out to any anybody here in the trail running community, the likes of Gavin and Paddy, Paddy who's actually based over in the states, who have you know done the Wicklow round and done so well on it. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to to help you try and attack that 15 hour barrier if you did want to do it. But one thing I wanted to ask you, John, as well, was that you've become this incredible ambassador for the sport. And when I was watching the the documentary last night about the grand round, around minute 2021 or so, there was a, a really fantastic monologue when you were talking in the garden, just talking about how so important it is to try and push ourselves to our limits and beyond them, to be as strong as we can be. And there were just great messages. And I'm just wondering, are you, are you conscious of the, the motivational powers that you have and the, the great example you are to the ultra running community? And, and would you, would you, would you, and beyond the running world with those messages, is that something that's in your consciousness at all? Because I think what you do is incredible and it inspires so many. Well, well first of all, that, thank you very much. That, that means a lot. Um, it, it is something that, you know, I've, I've become aware of 
over the years as, as far as receiving messages uh, from people uh, saying as, as much as you have there. And, and so what I've tried to do uh, is, is in response to that is, is essentially just be honest and, and open um, about what I'm doing and, and why, whether it's through the, the, the film you watched last night or through my blog, I, I tend to do quite the uh, extensive race reports and, and posts there. And, you know, if, if I'm honest and, and put my thoughts out there and, and people are able to take things away from that, that's, that's great. Um, I, you know, I, I do very much, um, you know, I, I'm glad that, that people are uh, able to, to take away from that. It's uh, not something that, that I would say um, I otherwise do with any sort of in, intent or, or purpose or, or agenda behind it. I'm, I'm generally a fairly uh, introverted person. Uh, and, and so that, that's one reason I, I do enjoy the, the doing it like through my blog, for example, I, I can kind of put my thoughts out there and write them out as if I'm talking to myself and uh, th then they are if, if anyone else wants to, to take a glimpse into them. Sure. And there's some great humor in the blogs as well. And um, I did laugh when I think you, you had your English breakfast, Scottish breakfast and Welsh breakfast, I think. Was that after the grand round? And the only one missing, John, is your Irish breakfast. So we'll have to we'll have to solve that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I could have added some some Irish coffee or, or something along with yeah, it. A nice black pudding or some nice, <laughs> some nice sausages or something. Um, yeah. this one, thanks a million for, for your time this evening. It's been really great chatting to you and you're, you're an inspiration to everybody. And congratulations on becoming a Chorus Global Ambassador as well. So that must have been good news for you a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sure their, their watches have been um, a valuable tool when you've been doing challenges over 80 and 90 hours and their battery life will come in handy i'm sure yeah absolutely and, and that's that's of course the the big thing that uh initially piqued my interest was was that battery life for the types of things that i do um and, and then as kind of progressing that relationship I've, I've been quite appreciative of how open they are to uh, athlete feedback and and i enjoy the opportunity to uh, try to improve uh, products that are out there for the, the ultra running community. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to provide that feedback and uh, ending up with, with a better watch that not only I, I can use and, and also uh, the, the others can get their hands on. Okay. Well, listen, John, we, we look forward to seeing you in Ireland one day. Good luck with the new lady in your life as well. And um, she, you never know, maybe a Barclay and Wicklow, Wicklow round double in 2021. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to getting over there as, as soon as we can. Take care, John. All the best.